What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Hello? Hello? Who's speaking? Oh, great. It worked. What worked? Who is this? Oh, it's me. I mean, you. I'm Future Eves. How are you, I mean, am I doing this right now? Oh, don't worry about that. There are more pressing matters to attend to. Like what? I imagine you're calling to tell me some massive news that's going to change the course of my life, hopefully for the better. Or maybe you're calling to say that climate change is real, Earth is going to die sooner than we all thought, and to save the world I have to do a lot better than just recycling. Well, no, that's not what I was going to tell you, actually. So tell me, tell me! Okay, okay. Here goes. Everything you want to happen... All the social progress you're anticipating, all the things your faves are working for, they're not all achieved. Not everything works out like you want it to. Not by now, at least. Wait, what? That's what you had to tell me? That all the world's problems won't be solved during my lifetime? Oh my, what a waste of time. In the past and the future. Look, I just wanted you to avoid the disappointment. Are you serious? I'm hanging up. Ugh. That's how I turned out? This can't be real. I'm your host, Eves Jeffcoat. Here, in the present. This is Unpopular. A podcast about the people in history who did not let the threat of persecution keep them from speaking truth to power. Y'all, I know that not everyone is going to be able to turn the world upside down in the short span of 80 or fewer years. I'm realistic about the way systems work and are challenged. Change takes time, and not every move we make is going to be the right one. There will be missteps. There will be decisions made that don't turn out quite how we want them to. At some point, we may adopt a philosophy that we later believe to be untrue or ineffective. 
Mr. X, I I'm wondering if you still believe in a segregated black nation no. in North America. I don't believe in any form of segregation or any form of racism. Is it, am I right in saying that the black Muslim movement, which you have left, did believe in that? Well, Elijah Muhammad taught his followers that the only solution was a separate state yeah. for black people. But when I began to doubt that he himself believed that that was feasible, then uh, I turned in a different direction. A perfect person is a non-existent person. A person who has all the correct answers to the world's problems from the beginning is not a human. There are plenty of people who thought they were making the best choices for their communities, but ended up doing harm to the very people they were trying to protect. There also have been plenty of people who incited changes that seemed to be for the greater good, but later those changes were reversed or overridden. Progress is not a straight line. There will be bumps along the way, some anthills, some mountains. Sometimes we forget that we can only do the best we can do with our best intentions, turning to factual knowledge and the legacies of our forebears as guides. Yes, sometimes we get things wrong, but we can't see into the future. Science and worldly knowledge are our faithful allies. But a degree of faith is required to believe our actions aren't for naught and will be fruitful. To believe that what we're fighting for will pay off. And we have to have that kind of conviction if we're going to face the risk of persecution for the sake of progress. Every week, we'll penetrate the consciousness of someone in history who went out on a limb to change the things they thought needed changing. These are people who envisioned better futures that they believed they could help create in the present. They were dead set on unsticking people who were stuck in their ways and uprooting entrenched systems. They weren't clairvoyant, but they did have the foresight to realize the danger and harm certain structures could cause. They saw clearly the ways systems were regressive, corrupt, and ineffective. And they did something about it in whatever way they felt they could contribute. A lot of people hated them for it, put roadblocks in their path and sought ways to tear them down. But others believed in their vision. And today, in hindsight, we can recognize them for their keen awareness and the guts they had to act on it. One such visionary was Fumalayo Ransom Kuti, a Nigerian social and political leader who never let a fear of failure or punishment distract her from fighting for women's rights and Nigerian independence. Fumalayo was a political leader, a nationalist, a democratic socialist, an anti-colonialist, and a tireless advocate for education and women's rights. Basically, she's one of those people whose bios you really don't want to read to a crowded room because it's liable to spark an existential crisis and make you ask yourself, what am I doing with my life? But just listing her titles, as many as she may have, still doesn't do her work justice. It kind of beautifies her advocacy, wraps it in a nice little bow. And that makes sense. Obviously, we want to focus on the accomplishments of the leaders we admire in history. But part of the reason she was so successful was because she trudged through all the mud to get to greener pastures. 
Yes, Fumalayo had a lot of supporters and people who looked up to her. After all, she was helping women and girls who often didn't get a chance to give voice to the issues that affected them or were discounted when they did. But to a lot of people, including a lot of people in powerful positions, her views were way too radical. And she had to stand up against a lot of those powerful people to fight for the things she cared about, which meant that the road to all those titles was a bumpy one. You might have already heard that Fumalaya was the first woman to drive a car in Nigeria. You might even know that Fumalaya was the first female student to attend the Abiyokuta Grammar School, where she would later teach. But these small, though honorable, facts of her life are just parts of her entire story. Fumalaya is remarkable for what she achieved. But she defied traditional roles and thought outside of the parameters of contemporary practices and standards. It took persistence, courage, and conviction for her to address the issues she did and the climate that she did. But that character was apparent early on in Fumalayo's life. Frances Abigail Olafumilayo Thomas was born in 1900 in Abiyokuta in southern Nigeria. She was a member of the Egba people, a subgroup of the Yoruba. Sarah Taiwo, her great-grandmother on her father's side, was sold into slavery but soon released of it, and eventually she returned to her home, Nigeria. On her mom's side, Fumilayo's oldest known relative is a man named Areboye, from Ileife. Lucretia and Daniel Thomas, Fumalayo's mother and father, were devout Anglicans. They were Western-educated, wore Western clothes, and spoke English. But they didn't shun tradition. They also spoke and taught their children their Yoruba language, ate traditional food, and were in a polygamous marriage. In the Thomas household, African and European values collided. This mixing of cultures would be something that affected Fumi's principles and advocacy, too. She studied in England and believed in the right to an academic education, and she believed in women's rights to participate equally with men in nationalist political parties. But she also remained true to her Yoruba heritage. Fumalaya was married to Israel Olodotun Ransom Kuti, a clergyman, educator, and administrator who founded the Nigeria Union of Teachers and helped improve conditions for teachers. At the time of her birth, Nigeria was under the rule of the British crown. Southern Nigeria was a British protectorate, which means it was a territory that was controlled by the British government, but still had some local autonomy and independence. But in 1914, the northern and southern protectorates were amalgamated to form the colony and protectorate of Nigeria. Britain proceeded to extend the system of indirect rule throughout southern Nigeria, claiming the system would maintain the indigenous political and judicial systems that were already in place. But what it actually did in Nigeria was put power in the hands of a small group of mostly men, 
like Aremola II, who was elected alake, or king, in 1920. And it stripped the power of many women who had previously been involved in the political process. Women had a strong history of leadership in Abiokuta, Nigeria, before the advent of British rule. But after, female titles essentially became meaningless. In a 1947 article titled, We Had Equality Till Britain Came, Fumalayo wrote the following. Before the British advent in Nigeria, life there was mainly agricultural, and there was a division of labor between men and women. The men cultivated the land and sowed, and it was chiefly the duty of women to reap. Women owned property, traded, and exercised considerable political and social influence on society. But after the British arrived, she went on to say, women had little health care, poor education, and they were stripped naked by taxation policies. Fumilayo was driven by her opposition to colonial rule and support of Nigerian independence, as well as her embrace of Yoruba culture. In fact, Fumilayo found a role model in Madame Tinubu, an Egba woman who was a traitor, an anti-colonialist, an Egba nationalist, a defender of Abiyokuta, and the first person to earn the title of Iyalode of all of the Egba. Iyalode, which literally means mother of the town, is a women's chieftaincy title. Fumilayo looked up to Madame Tinubu as a feminist and a nationalist, and many people saw Fumilayo as another Tinubu. I know I've thrown a lot at you, and trust me, there's much more to the story of Abiyokuta and Britain's fraught relationship with it. But what's important to understand is that Britain's role in Nigeria and the resulting political systems, as well as Fumalayo's love for women, Egba people, and culture in Nigeria, were some of the major catalysts for Fumalayo's activism. When we get back from the break, we'll get into Fumalayo's fierce opposition to colonial rule and her dedication to fighting for women's rights and education, which, as you could imagine, got some people to bring out their pitchforks and tiki torches. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from RYOBI. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the RYOBI 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the RYOBI leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with RYOBI's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Hey guys, 
You know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I think life is always dangerous. Some people get afraid of it. Some people don't go forward. But some people, if they want to achieve their goal, they have to go. What is it that makes some people go forward and others prohibitively fearful or just plain indifferent? Science has tried to offer some explanations as to why some people are just so brave. How we respond to fear may be written in our biology, depending on how our amygdala developed. It could be dependent on our environment, based on how much violence or abuse we've been exposed to. It could have something to do with the way the stress hormone cortisol acts in different people. Or our choice to fight rather than flee could really just come down to whether we think it's worth it in that specific situation. But in the end, our nature, our experiences, and our circumstances combine to determine how we choose to face battles. Fumilayo had to deal with a ton of antagonism and obstruction. And when she found herself up against these challenges, she had a choice. Does she let her doubts and fears keep her from speaking out and taking action? Or does she keep fighting despite the obstacles? Fumilayo always seemed to choose the latter. Take Fumilayo's advocacy for women traders. Fumilayo was well-educated, but she began to believe that, in her words, we educated women were living outside of the daily life of the people. She began to listen to the women who worked in markets as traders, who generally weren't Western educated and were often poor, to learn more about their concerns. The colonial administration had imposed price controls and food quotas to offset food shortages caused by World War II and to make sure soldiers were taken care of. So, in 1945, the government was seizing market women's rights without compensation. The market women took this offense to the Abiyokuta Ladies Club, later known as the Abiyokuta Women's Union, which was an organization Fumalaya founded that was initially focused on learning handicrafts and social etiquette, but eventually became more politicized. The Ladies Club protested the rice seizures by appealing to the press. Not long after, an article was published about the Abiyokuta Ladies Club's press conference, and the confiscations stopped. As Fumilayo continued to learn about the transgressions of the government's relations with market women, she became incensed. Conditional sales forced market women to buy unrelated goods with the goods they bought of their own will. This placed undue economic strain on them. Quotas on food to be sold to the government also led police, private subcontractors, and representatives of the Alake, or King of the Egba, to confiscate or pay inadequate amounts for women traders' goods. They would then resell those goods to the government at higher-than-market prices. So the Abiyokuta Ladies Club became embroiled in a bunch of other civic and community projects. It called for sanitation improvements, financial aid to increase adult literacy, and the establishment of health clinics and playgrounds at schools. 
But the taxation of women became one of the key issues the Abiyokuta Ladies Club, or the ALC, went up against. The women of Abiyokuta were some of the first in Nigeria who had a tax imposed on them by the British. This taxation replaced inclusive systems of tribute payments and conscripted labor, and it reflected British sentiments that colonies should bear the cost of their development. The taxation was unfair from the beginning. Girls were taxed starting at age 15, boys at 16. Wives were taxed separately from their husbands, even if they didn't have sufficient income. And the tax was a flat rate on top of all the other fees women paid. And to make matters worse, tax collectors sometimes invaded homes, assaulted women, and stripped them naked to supposedly determine their age to see whether they were eligible for taxation. Women were even jailed for not paying taxes. And the British were paying local traditional authorities like the Ogboni chiefs to collect taxes. Whereas before the Alake had been subject to checks and balances, under the new sole native authority system, the Alake had a lot more power. The British were using the Alake, who had become a symbol of colonialism, to enforce flat rate taxation. People in Abiyokuta and the surrounding townships grew increasingly dissatisfied with Alake Adamola, the sole native authority system, and the tax hikes. Safumalayo and the newly minted Abiyokuta Women's Union raised the bar even more on their activism. Here's what Wole Sholenka said in his memoir, Ake, about the women's meetings at the Ransom Kuti residence. Women of every occupation, the cloth dyers, weavers, basket makers, and the usual petty traders of the markets, they arrived in ones, twos, and groups. They came from near and distant compounds, town sectors, and far villages whose names I had never heard. They smelt of the sweat of the journey, of dyes, of dried fish, yam flour, of laterite, and the coconut oil of their plats. Okay, that quote was just too good not to share. I mean, coconut oil? Anyway, I digress. Fuma Layo's activism was never just about her. Sure, she was often the only woman in places and had an uncanny knack to connect with women all over the world. But her organizing shows the power of collective action. She put herself on the line and in positions of leadership not to increase her own political power, but to bring attention to and help solve women's issues. The fight against unfair taxation, the SNA system, and the corrupt alake was protracted. Women called for no taxation without representation, and leaders, including Fumalayo, were imprisoned for refusing to pay taxes. Fumalayo and the movement became more radical, organizing sit-ins, mass demonstrations, and market closures. Fumalayo always led the demonstrations, and she even trained women on mass resistance in her home. In November of 1947, Fumalayo led a march of around 10,000 women to the Alake's palace, protesting the authorities and their taxation without representation. They repeated the demonstration a little over a week later, calling for the Alake to step down. 
And in 1949, the tax on women was abolished, the tax on men was increased, and four women, including Ransom Kuti, were named to a new interim council. The Alake was charged with corruption and usurpation of powers that weren't his, and he abdicated, though he was later reinstated. And eventually, the Abiyokuta Women's Union expanded to become the Nigerian Women's Union, which would gain 20,000 members and mobilize tens of thousands more. We're going to take a short break. So collect your feelings about corrupt politicians and imperialism, take a breath, and prepare yourself to dig deeper into Fumalayo's progressive, but often controversial philosophies and actions. When we come back, we'll find out how Fumalayo's dedication to social justice was a lifelong one. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi on a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from RYOBI. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the RYOBI 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the RYOBI leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with RYOBI's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Fumilayo's campaigns for women's rights weren't limited to Nigeria. She was committed to issues like universal adult suffrage and full self-government in Nigeria. But she was resolute about the ideas that women shouldn't be treated as second-class citizens, that rights shouldn't be based on ethnicity or race, and that people who are impoverished are just as entitled to the benefits of citizenship as everyone else. But no matter where in the world she was, she was resolute about the ideas that women shouldn't be treated as second-class citizens, that rights shouldn't be based on ethnicity or race, and that people who are impoverished are just as entitled to the benefits of citizenship as everyone else. In 1947, Fumalaya was the only female member of a Nigerian delegation that the National Council of Nigeria and the Cameroons sent to London to protest the Richards Constitution. The Richards Constitution was drafted by the British without Nigerians' input and intensified regionalism and disunity based on ethnic divisions. While she was in England, she visited factories and daycare centers and addressed several women's organizations, including the London Women's Parliamentary Committee. 
She also talked about the issues of women in Nigeria and the Cameroons at a reception held by the Lord Mayor of Manchester. Fomilaya was active elsewhere on the continent of Africa, too, engaging with other human rights activists and organizations in pursuit of her ideals. Years later, Fumilaya was elected a vice president of the Women's International Democratic Federation, a Soviet-inspired international organization that espoused communist and socialist philosophies. And though she wasn't a member of the Communist Party, she visited communist countries and sometimes praised their efforts. In a 1961 article in the Journal of Human Relations, she said this about China's literacy campaigns. When we visited a Chinese women's adult education class, we were greatly impressed by the women's zeal. They were so absorbed in their lesson that they hardly took their eyes from their books. Every one of them was keen because they wanted to equip themselves with the weapon of liberty. There was to be a total eradication of illiteracy in their country within five years after their liberation, and no woman wanted to be left behind. We Nigerian women should be ready to emulate them and set to work vigorously. Fumilayo didn't subscribe to, nor was she against, communism during the Cold War. But Fumilayo was pragmatic, willing to take into consideration varying ideologies. That said, she was still punished for her identification with international socialist organizations and radical feminism. She'd met contacts in the Eastern Bloc and even met with Mao Zedong, a Chinese communist revolutionary who was the first chairman of the People's Republic of China. These links led to the Nigerian government refusing to renew her passport until after Nigeria gained its independence in 1960. The United States had even denied Fumalayo's visa application because of her connections to communism in 1958. In her later years, After her husband died, Fumilayo dedicated a lot of her time to schools she'd established. But they had a lot of financial trouble, and she later closed her school after governmental changes. In 1977, Fumilayo was thrown out of a window when there was a raid on her outspoken son Fela's compound, the Calicuta Republic. After the raid, the foot she'd injured never healed completely, She soon went into a coma, and on April 13, 1978, Fumilayo died. We can't do everything, and we definitely can't do it all in one lifetime. But Fumilayo Ransom Kuti's work is proof that we can absolutely leave a lasting effect on the communities we care about when we take action. She used her voice to mobilize women so her motivation and principles could resound throughout the world and build a legacy. Fumilayo was able to stay a passionate, authentic, and politically savvy leader. Iabo Makinde said in an article on Fumilayo, She was continually fighting one authority or another, and it wasn't for her own sake, but for someone else's. Fumilayo was willing to be the number one enemy and even take losses, as long as it meant sticking to her guns. She was for the people, and she was willing to put in the work to prove it. She wrote a song with her husband that went like this. 
It is time to work. It is time to work. Children of Africa, prepare yourselves. There is much to be done. A good person does not run away from work. A good person is not fearful. Get down a lift the load. God is with us. There is no more fear. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. Our producer is Andrew Howard. Holly Fry and Christopher Hasiotis are our executive producers. And you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another episode of Unpopular. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back to the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.